0: Welcome to Mob Talk with Talia and Chris. Hi everyone, welcome back to Mob Talk. This week we are interviewing Mark Robinson, director of One Vision Productions. Um, my name's Talia Little and I'm with my brother boy CP.
1: What's up you mob? So before we get started today, I'd just like to acknowledge the gowns that we gather across. Myself and Talia are recording this episode of Mob Talk on Bunurong land. I just like to acknowledge whatever country that you're from or that you're on at the moment, and acknowledge your elders, past, present, and future emerging leaders, um, and just acknowledge Mark for coming on and giving us your time so gracefully today. Thanks, mate.
2: Thanks, thanks, guys. Really awesome what you're doing, and also like to um, honour the Bungelung Nation where I'm standing at the moment and the elders past and present. And um, yeah, really cool. Thank you for um, for uh, inviting me on and uh, to have a chat for you guys. Awesome. yeah
0: no worries the work that you do is pretty awesome so we thought we'd get you on just to chat a bit about it but firstly how you doing How's Mullumbimby?
2: yeah it's good it's good it's just been um, the sun is shining up here it's um, it's good it's been's been learning a lot of creative people lately um, working on some projects so it's been it's a really nice place up here you know when you want to get creative and um, a lot of people in the same sort of stuff um, especially in my environment so, yeah, it's good. It's in the hills. It's chilled. It's, um, what kind yeah. of projects are you working on? Um, at the moment, I'm trying to do this uh, thing called Empower. So, it's, at the moment, so it's a mental health resource for all schools. So, it pretty much teaches um, teachers and kids to go like. So we um, like it's like hip hop workshops, but it's like from all around the globe, from shamans around the world to indigenous elders to hip hop practitioners to teaching kids on how to connect and um, also how to rhyme at the same time and stuff, but then also giving schools like all these resources of meditation videos and Wim Hof exercises and from dance to hip-hop to like uh, of so stuff. So, so schools are equipped with a bit of mental health stuff. Um, and then that's turning into an app, hopefully. So we're trying to find finding which could be probably Australia's biggest mental health app. So um, sick. Yeah, so that's like, you know, it's, like, it's just like, globally like from you know from different innovators around the world talking lots of shamans lots of indigenous elders speaking in the connection from master classes on hip-hop film music um dancing whatever it is um so we're trying to make a like a an app that's sort of like kids want to use and they can rap in doing stuff but then at the same time get the support they need at the same time so if they're in what? a critical space they like press like i need i need help i need immediate help um um, if they're in a, you know, like um, they can challenge each other for ten days of, gr- of drinking or or um, um, ten days of sugar or um, you know how to sell, so they can create their challenges and challenge each other. So it's a way to make sort of mental health in a way that's okay. It's not taboo. It's actually how do we actually um, how do we actually address the the pure potential of ourselves um, and to learn those things that we never learn at school and learn those things of self actualization forgiveness all these things but uh, also in a cool fun way where it's where it's you know kids want to access it and they want to learn the stuff on there from their idols and their people that they look up to
1: I've been hearing a little bit about Wim Hof lately right um, the breathing techniques the, medita- the meditation I got some um, I've got one particular group of friends that have been talking about this bloke Wim Hof and um, watching some of his YouTube videos and I'm somewhat new to meditation um how have you found the the young people are responding to one the idea of meditation because it takes you it takes you a while to sort of somewhat believe in it if you don't and then it takes you I think it's like it's like, it's like anything it's practice 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 you get better at it
2: um, I find that kids respond well to it um, uh, generally Wim Hof too it kind of got a bit of a cool element to it Going to hold your breath for a while that sort of stuff as well like um, for me personally meditation has massively changed my life so it's 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 good it's good to see the kids connect with it or to utilize so a lot of what we don't learn in our western culture is um is like how to in, inside of us you know like in, we have so much going on inside we're so busy in the exterior world trying to work all these things out but we have so much inside of us so just to be able to spend that time to explore the inner self of ourselves because everything's connected What is above is so below um is is powerful because um i just did a 10 day of a passion I personally like 10 days of meditating up north and so ten days, fifteen hours a day of in my own head and I talk a lot, you know, so that's a long time. So ten hours <laughs> of,
1: <laughs> ten hours of meditation. Wait, you said fifteen yeah, or ten.
2: ten. Yeah, you know, like ten days, no speaking and fifteen hours a day of meditation. Wow, so, dude. Yeah, but like, you know, it's like everyone everyone should do that because what you discover is the inner you and we're so busy in the caught up world that we're just um, so busy just going day to day to do stuff. But when we start to understand ourselves better, but day-to-day stuff in the outer world becomes easier. Everything becomes small. So it's a very good education. And I think like what we've been doing for hip-hop workshops for ages is working in circle environments and um, teaching kids how to, you know, understand the power of forgiveness, self-actualization, you know, understanding, you know, we're empathy, not like bullying, all these sort of things that um, we don't really get taught about so much at school. Um, and to master our minds, to realize that, you know, we are masters of our pure potential. We are, have um we can create anything this is our universe um and we're all connected but to utilize that um to understand those powers of what we have inside of ourselves without an oppressed fear society that sort of drums us out without understanding that potentiality that we have um it can be quite powerful to learn
1: well so you went 10 days without speaking to anybody and we're meditating for about 15 hours a day
2: yeah yeah
1: and in terms of so I so I started meditating a little bit a couple months ago, and I, I find it a bit of a difficult topic to talk about sometimes because you don't want to come across as this real spiritual preacher that's all of a sudden just found found something new and wants to put it put it onto everybody else. Sure. But From from the limited experiences and from I've 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 had some pretty average meditations and I only go for max twenty minutes. I've just got this car app, but. Um, what i'm seeing from it is what I try- what I'm trying to get out of it as I do as I do more of this is I'm trying to be at peace with my own self and my own thoughts and just be have soul have solitude in not having to be like you said all these exterior things all these you know our lives have just gone into this such a hectic point and you kind of talking about sort of going away doing it for sort of you know 10 days and doing it to sort of like the most extreme and you know, I think it'll probably take a long time for somebody to get there. But what is it sort of? Is it like I, I, I kind of envisioned it about? Is it you just being at peace with yourself and just coming to, coming to terms with your life, with your journey, where you want to go? Like, what do you kind of get out of such a long meditation like that?
2: So the the long one um, is to be a is to be in equanimity. So it's just to be in uh, equanimous. So in our life. When we start to crave for things, it becomes a part of our destruction as much as when we start to give our energy to the badness. So there two, the are two things happen all the time. Say, so for an example, we go out and we're drinking a few beers and we love the beer, so we're on the beers the next night or we're you know, somebody's smoking weed or on the drugs the next night. But that, our want for that, our desire for that creates our self-destruction as well as much as when we're in negative thoughts of pains or become the victimization of things, when we give our energy to that we also become a victim of that so sometimes the good and the bad can be just as bad of each other so the whole thing in that 10 days is to be is to be in, is to learn equanimity so it's not to give your as soon as you start to think oh i really like this meditation i really like this i'm starting to vibe i'm starting to get this feelings this vibration or whatever i'm starting to, but then you give your energy to that and then all of a sudden you're like you're looking for that so you're sort of like so then you let yourself down you get all going your, your own emotional journey. Or like you give your energy to the pain because you're in a lot of pain sitting there constantly every single day. But the more you give your energy to the pain, that also you give energy to the pain, it also becomes self destructive. So a big part of it is just to be to be in the balance at all times to not give your um energy too much to um to the goodness and like the craving of what we want. And to also not give our our, our energy to the pain and the darkness as well. So that sounds weird but When you're meditating for so long, you know, you're constantly in between two shifts, you know, like the the left and right cerebral of our brain. So you're constantly in the scene. So just to be, just to try to remain, um, just to try to remain like um, just in the station of being now where I am without giving energy away. Because what we give our energy into is what we become. So um, if we are going through troubles and we are going through a lot of hardship and we give our energy into, the victimizational mindset, like poor me, what's happening in my life, you know, everything's everything's crap, you know, like you know, like we we gravitate them thoughts and so those thoughts are taken out in the universe and they're taken out to our exterior and and it's what we manifest in our life. So sorry, it could be a sorry. Thing. Yeah, sorry, go. Sorry, I yeah. just um interrupted you. Yeah.
0: Um I've tried to get into meditation many times before and um I guess self care culture is kind of becoming pretty predominant um, on social media at the moment, especially cause of COVID and, um, and stuff. Like for me personally, what is some advice you can give that is the first step to take with meditation and, and whatnot? Cause I, I you're, what you're saying is super interesting and I love it. It's just, yeah, I sure. struggled yeah, you, to stop. Like start?
2: I started cause, you know, like I'm a street kid that grew up in Anala and, um, you know, like I would have probably chased my head out the idea of meditation 20 years ago. Um, but I started when I was traveling the world. Um, just to breathe breathing, like breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four. And just all you do is think about your breath. So your your mind starts wandering and all this crap stories that we make up, like oh they don't like me. This is this. This is that. That. And most of the time it's absolutely crap, you know. So we create this 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 delusional story. So soon you see you start your mind start wandering. You just got to come back to your breath. In for four, hold for four, out for four. Yeah. And then you, you do that. You try that for ten minutes. Just that that, that thing. In a four, do close your eyes, sit in a place to sit. And you open your eyes after that ten minutes. And I swear your day's gonna be better. Because you've also just you've just sort of switched your brain off from going into this neurological process of um of all the stories and the illusion that we create. And that's just um yeah, it's strong. And you can meditate Sitting on a surfboard, going out, doing that—you can meditate sitting in your car, just breathing in, doing stuff. But I'd, I wouldn't say try to do that to start with. i,
1: I um, <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been using this 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 um car map, right? And I think it's a real beginner sort of thing. But it kind of—it's there's there's a bunch of there's there's like the seven days of soothing pain, um, easing seven days of so- soothing anxiety, and there's sort of like ten minute things that that talk about. Um, anything from depression to ang- to feeling anxious to f- you soothing physical pain, but I think it's been good for me to follow along with those because they're real. It's like you're saying they they constantly it starts off with a lady who's a psychologist slash medita- med- meditation person, um, yep. and she'll talk a bit about anxiety and or you know the triggers and how you deal with it mentally, but whilst also taking it back to your breath, you know she goes silent and she talks about take it back to your breath or and, and you can feel your mind wandering at different points of the of the meditation and I have to literally, you know, you have to be so focused. And this is where it's sort of like I'm still not good at it. And I'm still in no way I would consider myself like a person that frequently meditates. It's something I'm just sort of hearing so much about over the last few months that I've just got a bit of interest. But it's really like it's really like you, your mind starts to wonder about an ex about a stupid decision you made a year ago that could have changed your mind could have changed where you're at today you think about certain regrets and then you just got to tell you you know and and the the ones that I listen to are, are, are good have been good for me because they literally say as your mind wanders bringing your thoughts back to the breath and it's funny how so often my mind is wondering when they tell me that and then it's right you know you take it back to the one two three four Exhale out, exhale out eight seconds, and then um, you know there's actually a science as well behind how inhaling for four seconds, exhaling for eight seconds. I don't know enough about, I don't know enough about the, the science, but how it, it it physically relaxes you as well. Um,
2: yeah, absolutely, man. and it's coming back to the now because the reality is like the past is done. You know, like we what we have done is the past, like, and in the future we don't really know. So a lot of time the past can bring depression, the future can bring anxiety. But we're creating this, you know. That we're looking at the future and going, I don't know. We don't know what the future holds. Then it doesn't know. And with the past, we can't go back and change it. That's already happening. It's like you know, I was a, I was a child with some friends. I'm like, oh, we should have done that. And anytime someone said should have, I'm like, do ten push-ups. Because the reality is, we didn't do it. It is what we're actually doing right now. So the more we can come back to the present moment, and sort of like, and that's what meditation also helps you helps us do. You know, so, um, so yeah, man, it sounds like a good journey you're on, bro. And and like, yeah, just you know, generally, as I say, I would have sky to that 20 years ago just the way I grew up and but now it changed my life hey? like just that and also learning and that's why we teach a lot about mind mastery to kids you know but using hip hop context in the aspect of that like um, of what that is what it is to be an MC what it is to hold the power of words because you know every words that we're casting onto each other we're either giving them a blessing or we're either creating a curse if I say to someone to you like you're a beautiful singer or the way you're holding or the way that you you guys are doing this is actually an amazing way you're holding really good space Then I'm offering I'm offering power, you know If I'm if I'm saying to somebody oh, man, you can't sing bro, you know And after that, you know, I've offered a curse without them realizing it So words are powerful is so to really realize how, how, how strong words are um, the odd the, the when we're um, you're not in forgiveness you know like if i'm hating on somebody what actually does on a cellular level to us it destroys ourselves not even that other person but to teach all these kids these um you know this is one of a million things we're teaching but the it's sort of the initiate um mysticism i suppose of not really knowing of what we did which would which elders would have taught um for thousands of years um to understand how to utilize this our minds and our heart so um which is a crazy because we're living in a schooling system right now. It's a 200-year-old system that's just serving the industrial revolution and uh, and has never, never changed and it's still serving the industrial you – know, it's, still, it's still serving the – it's not so much the industrial revolution now but it's serving the system. So it doesn't really give kids the potentiality to realize that they are masters of the universe and when you follow your passion and fall into yourself, uh, into what you love, you don't have to follow the system that's actually been given to you because um, we can create anything.
1: And you yeah. were a high school teacher, correct, at a point?
2: Yeah, I was, mate. Yeah, I was. I was just my teaching kids that's coming out of correctional services and kids that are going, um, that are in trouble. Yeah. You know, sort of like... I was the same when I was a kid, you know. I was I got expelled from five high schools and so I just like helping kids that have been through the same sort of thing just to... You know, and I was very lucky. You know, instead of jail, I managed to go back and become a teacher and, um, you know, instead of help, help other fellows, help other young that go for the same sort of stuff, you know.
0: So, Mark, One Vision Productions, tell us a bit about it. You're the director. Um, give us a bit of the lowdown.
2: Yeah, so One Vision. Um, so I was going on for that conversation, you know, going, you know, I was gnarly really young in Australia, so it's getting a lot of trouble, and um, I was lucky I was going to correctional services for a while. I got um, remanded to do a spend a sentence and immediately sort of – so I did my grade 11 and 12 and I was part of the order. Uh, and as soon as I got a chance to go up the streets and went back to uni and I started to do um, a lot of social work stuff and and funny enough like then they, the, my teachers said like you know you're good at speaking you should become a teacher And I'm like teaching <laughs> like you know but <laughs> the reality was that um, from doing that coming to teacher um, I started my first community workshop in Bogabilla Tumula um, and um, may I seen the, the, the power of two communities come together through film, uh, for Film the Arts. That was a collaboration with Desert P. 20 years ago, it was actually when me and Toby sort of started. Desert P went their way and I did my own thing. and we're just sort of doing a project as, as, as young fellas. Uh, but I've seen the power of arts and community development. Um, and what I could do then was to bring was this hip-hop because I was an M- MC. And we've seen that. we film filmed both communities. And at the end of film both communities, we brought them together to watch the kids uh, uh, perform. And that was sort of war on, you know, Tumala and Bogabilla. But then we'd interviewed all the elders about how much they wanted peace. So in between the performance of the kids, like all these elders can't say we want peace between the communities. And I went, this is it. Yeah. This is amazing. You know, this is um, this is like, a, this is life changing. And um, so from there, I went away traveling, came back, um, founded OVP, uh, just doing hip hop workshops around Australia. But really doing it with um, sort of stuff I talked to you about, you know, the philosophical understanding, the um, trying to understand this concept of self um, and bringing that into the the field of utilizing culture through hip hop and the medium of the medium of words and performance, but um, teaching more more understanding of self in between that. So um, and it just grew, man. Like now we've got about twenty employees that work for us, and we do we work with about hundred something kids at the north coast of Australia, and we work with a lot of communities, lots of places. But yeah, um. I. As long as I try to break it down. I don't
1: feel no, like, oh, no, no, you did that real yeah. well. And if I could just share a story really quickly about with me and Talia last year, we were at a VACA camp and um, we got, we got cool with this. Uh, I think, uh, how old was he, Talia? Maybe like 14? Oh, I think, yes, four.
0: yeah, 13,
1: 14. 14, like cool little cat. Um, and he was sort of gravitating around me and Talia a little bit playing basketball and, um, um, you could sort of see that there was you could see, you could see there was more to this young guy, but he um, he wasn't he wasn't the loudest kid, but he was a little bit cheeky, right? And we had this um, we had this talent show um, that we were doing at this uh, two night camp, right? And the second night, like the kids absolutely like love doing talent shows. They love getting up there and being able to express themselves with music Dancing. with dance. And for this young guy, rap. So me and Tali were sitting with this young guy the um, afternoon of um, the, the the talent show. And he was talking about he might do a bit of a rap on the talent show. And me and Tali were like, you, dude, you should do that. Like, let's, like we were trying to egg this song. We were like, yeah, man, you need to get up there and do a rap. And we, were, we, had, no, we had no idea what, what his you know skill level or whether he's able to rap. or, um, And he sort of started freestyling, putting together a little bit of a rap for us, basically on the spot and this thing was unreal bro like he pretty much he told his he told his he told his story he expressed he expressed how he feels at high school rejection from from peers family issues all through it was like we kind of looked at each other and we're like he was able to get
0: respect his. for his girlfriend he's this is a 13 year old boy respecting his girlfriend in this way and expressing that me and chris dressed him up in a little hat and everything and you just see him on stage expressing himself and it was just amazing
1: yeah through through music and rap you know like like it's it's a universal language you know like you say bringing bringing together two you know two different groups and kind of having them come to equal terms and that that being the that being the um the conjure between it but um you know like i've seen i've seen on the one vision production website some of the rap you know the raps that the young kids are doing and stuff and you know talking about you know political movements talking about you know social issues talking about systemic racism things they've experienced but um it's kind of it's kind of neat how um some people and i think you know not you, you've got some people that are academic you got some people that are creative you got some people you know it's it's obviously music's obviously a huge conduit to, to for people to be able to articulate and express themselves in other ways that they might not be able to
0: well the Absolutely. power of creativity
2: All right. nice.
0: influences the power of change especially in aboriginal communities and aboriginal people traditionally we express ourselves through art and dance you know taking it back to traditional times it's what we do so yeah like it's awesome we've seen some videos of one vision production in remote communities with um aboriginal young people rapping and it's bringing that language out into the raps and it's not you know all about sex money drugs it's about what we're actually doing in our community what we want to see a change i um yeah i saw one of your videos and one of the things i've written down here is um we must unite and strengthen our connections to ourselves, each other, and Mother Earth in order to build a better future for all. Like that's yeah. a sick message you guys are putting across. Yeah,
2: what a yarn! Look, that's always from the kids. The kids write it, you know. So we don't we don't write it from them at all. And but what we open up is the space of conversation. So we're like, what what's the yarn? You no, know, what's the what's the what's what what are we talking about? And let's get deep because anyone can get on stage and I, I teach them from the beginning. I was like, you want to be a rapper or be an MC. You want to get on there and you want to start spitting about gangster and violence and money and women and all that sort of stuff. You're straight away being a sellout to the system because what happens on time, the system got hijacked and hip-hop got hijacked Mm -hmm. and it got hijacked because there's money to be made out of it and a lot of people in prison systems, that's also money to be made out of it. But an MC, I won't go too far into that because it's a big yarn. but an MC, you have the power to to revolutionize. You have the the power to create change. You have the power to to be able to, to create movements to be able to do anything. And it's like if you want to be an MC, that's let's, let's talk about the deeper topics of what actually can reflect to somebody. Cause when you're talking about something that's, that's that's real, that's people can connect with, then that that connection is just made. So um so funny we normally talk about different sort of topics and it depends on there. Someone's doing a song of the kids that talk about artificial intelligence. That's what they want to talk about. And I'm like what if you think about AI? And they're like, oh yeah it's mad and I'm like, oh yeah, really? <laughs> Well, let's examine this. <laughs> right, so, uh, you know, so then we, we're looking at videos and AI, and then after a while, they're like, "No, oh, stop that, bro! What's happened with the singularity in 2029? what? Like, well, this is what you need to be thought about. You know, like, it's a good open conversation. So then we end up writing a song on AI. We might kids might be like, "I'm struggling with culture," so we bring in elders from the community, and then we examine culture and the land, and teach them culture, and then we'll, we'll do a song on it. Might be about um you know anxiety um depression how to feel connected it's just depending on whatever the kids just want to talk about we open a space for that and you know it's all circle environments to talk about and we talk about and watch video stuff that's going to be connected to that topic and then the kids start to write the lyrics um and it's amazing what comes out when you give them the space to to do it um and just teach them how to flow um the stuff that comes out i'm just always amazed you know
0: so you talk about hip-hop being hijacked, right? We work with a lot of young people who listen to, I don't know, Skepta, mm. um, Grime, and it's all Aussie about... Rap, Aussie raps yeah. starting
1: to become a little bit bigger as well. And
0: Ooh. you see all this foul language about, you know, bitches and um, hoes and all this kind of stuff. Do you see or do you feel like that's changing the way young people view women or behave?
2: I think... Uh, definitely uh, in some sort of ways, you know, because, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I mean, if kids he, are going through pain on the streets and going through that sort of stuff, then it's a great medium to express it. But when we're taking on other attributes from other cultures, like gangster hip hop, yeah. uh, talking about shooting and yeah. and gangsters and gangs and stuff, that's not our culture. That's mm. not our placement into it. And it's been when we identify with that, then we identify with the behaviors of that, which also shifts as well. So we have to be very careful, like again, the saying the power of words what we give our energy into is what we become. And um, so we're listening, if you're listening to gangster hip hop, like I'm the man, you know everything's vibration, everything's frequency. If we're going to bring in a lot of aggression into our lives, then it's going to also change the mold of how we're thinking to the external part of our world. So, so it's, it's very important as an MC to be conscious about their rhymes, to be conscious about the message we're transmuting, because if we're transmuting hate and we're transmuting anger, then, then that and the frequency of that, when I say like that, the frequency that the sounds, the words, the um, what we're actually interjecting into ourselves is actually is is a lot of anger, a lot of hate. So, but I say this in the sense where if you're going through troubles, yeah, write about it, sing about it, be therapeutical about it. And other people that are going through troubles can connect with it. But if that's your troubles and that's your world, fine, you know. But if people have um, even you know even people that a lot of people that are acting like gangsters in America, they're not really gangsters. Half the time they've got their, freaking they've been at home with their mums and they're, you know, the, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's like, it's like, be real with your message, be real with what you're expressing, be real with yourself, your true self, you know. And, and, and for, you know, like, in the days I see an MC, you get on stage and you start, like, rapping about being a gangster and, you know, even I lived quite, in know, Nala in Brisbane when I was younger, it's quite, it quite hard, but, you know, but but I had to, had to be real for me often. You get out there and selling someone and you're not, then people boo be off stage. It's like, be yourself. Be real to your identity. Be real to yourself. Tell your message and, and be careful because, again, words are powerful. Um, so, yeah, a lot of this stuff when you hear it, a lot of this um, like trap stuff, and, um, and I'm not dissing trap, just um, when I haven't got a unique message and they're, they're blagging about something that's not a part of their culture specific and, mm-hmm. and kids that are really young um, taking it on. Uh, yeah, it can be just, it can be self-destructive because sound can also be as uplifting as possible, be very uplifting and powerful, but it also can be destructive. So, we have to be very careful of the messages that we are transmuting. Mm-hmm.
0: The Power of Sound, uh, the documentary series that you guys did, can you speak a little bit on that? Me and Chris um, watched a couple of trailers for it, but we actually couldn't find the documentary, but it looks sick.
1: Yeah, I want to yeah. know how many passport stamps you've got, right, because power of a sound has been to USA, Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Chile, Brazil, Egypt, Kenya, Israel, Turkey, Greece, Bosnia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, South Africa, India, Tibet, Pacific Islands, New Zealand, and, of course, the motherland, Australia. So, <laughs> that's a lot of travel, bro.
2: Yeah, man. I nearly got through all that, but I still got a little bit. But, like, that was actually as funny. I man. I've probably been to about 70 or 80 countries, And I started traveling when I was really young. Um, this doco, the last three years... I've been for I've been for a couple of passports. That's funny. Yeah. But um. But this last like I was giving me purpose to travel. You know, when I was younger, I'd be traveling aimlessly, like hitchhiking and where am I going south? Wow. Wales. I want to hear and, about uh, that. But keep going. Yeah, yeah. But um. But when I started the Power of Sound, man, I was like, what am I? What am I going to Africa for? You know, um. I was originally going there, and I was going to help a school or create a creative school, and I was like, ah. I sort of got this colonialist, oh, is that just another colonialist sort of perception? Like, you know, like, yeah. is school actually that good? That's how deep I think, you know? Is it actually good to go on there and say this is the way? Yeah. Because um, I actually believe that people in community and doing it is, is the right way. Even it was hip-hop or music, I was just actually really careful. And I thought, so I bailed out in it. So I started with the power of sound and um, from shamans over there to like civilizations that were built for sound to, um, um, to like famous musicians to um, hip-hop artists. Um, to a lot of like tribes that I went to, and it start that started there. And I'm like, hang on, man, this is epic, and that's when a lot of um, m- like massive festivals throughout the world. So I just kept going and um, just kept producing it. it um, so I just finished, and oh, I'm actually screening tomorrow the Egypt episode in Byron here. It's the opening screening, but that that talks about the ancient commission wisdom of sound. So. When we when the when we look at the Egyptians, um, they were utilising like earth, air, fire, water. Um, you know, like most temples that go throughout the world, they got like water granites. They got water coming in. It was also on the crystallised water, which is like granite and certain rock structures, which is energy transducers. You got sound. They are actually set up like sound, like you would in uh, if it's, if you're doing like um, orchestras or anything like that. The way that so they understood a massive understanding of sound, um, electrical, magnetic, the. Build an electrical, magnetic um, um, current. So they knew where the where places were of strong energy in their world. Um, also to stars, astrology, and also using light. So basically, they were utilising all these different sort of understanding of our nature, um, which which is the gods that they speak about there, which is the netters is, is is nature. It's, it's not what we traditionally think about. Where it's like the god of Ra it's so actually, that's all energy. What we look back in enemy society. You know, if we look back to 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 culture here, you know, thousands and 10,000 years ago, it's like there's, that tree is alive and that holds energy. That mountain is alive. That, um, uh, um, that plant is alive. You know, it has energy. We're all connected to that. Um, and, and then from the, from the animist ideology, we start to look into the birthing of religions and stuff like that. So, and then which, uh, which is in the net is originally the gods of Egypt, which is actually coming from nature. So a lot of it, is just understanding, which has been amazing because I just like traveling the world and just downloading wisdom off indigenous knowledge keepers and um, different um, shamans to um, people that are really connected down the, to the world. It's been an amazing journey. And it's really made me connect, feel a lot connected, you know, it's feeling so connected and just not feeling, feeling like I am a part of the universe, I'm a part of that tree, I'm a mm-hmm. part of all things. Like, um, And just been downloaded from the wisest people that I can find in the world um, just to help share that story from more indigenous cultures and um, all different ways but um, so, yeah, it's been a journey and I'm really looking forward to doing it tomorrow um, to screening it to see how, the reaction that people get up here. So
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome, bro. Where do you do most of your work with Aboriginal people, like Aboriginal youth?
2: Uh, we work about 100, 100 kids up here, uh, 100 Aboriginal kids. Um, also work with other kids as well but um, uh, just whoever needs the help I grew up in culture a lot myself, so it's just a um, from uh, indigenous-led organisations. so, you know, we have good contact con- of the community. They know what we're doing up here. They really like what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, so we work quite often here. And then we fly around in different parts in Australia as well to um, do workshops where community just, um, they're going for some problems or uh, and they want to bring some stuff to the youth. Um, so, that's yeah, been happening for about 20 years, but it's been like since I had my boy up here and that as well. And I've um, been traveling, been trying to focus more on just being here as well. So, COVID's been great because I was making films in my spare time and doing a lot of this traveling. But it's really good just to be um, a bit centered and just to be mm. just being still for a while, you know.
1: So, doing so much work with the youth but all the way back until when you were kind of in your teenage years, sort of getting up to a little bit of no good, then get sort of straight yourself out, then finding your path. From from when you were growing up to what you see now, working working with that same cohort that you once were, what do you think are the biggest challenges that people are facing that you're seeing today? That you're like, oh crap! Well, this is a this is something new I didn't have to worry about when I was you know 15 or 19.
2: I lived a pretty wild teenage life, so it's not much that shocks me. Yeah. Um. Uh, but look, what's happening now too is another element of ice that's been coming really. Really prominent, really destroying our youth and communities. Um, mm. uh, you know that's um, yeah, ISIS is, and it's the same. It's the same problems in different ways. You know, um, and it's all disconnection. This, this society breeds disconnection, um, and you know what we're offering in our present society is you know kids that are going through trauma, and then we're offering them more trauma. You know, um, our present systems like you know you've been through trauma, you hard out. Yeah, well, just give you some more trauma. Let's lock you up in the You finish there. Oh, no, no, haven't got there. No connection back to the community. No connection there. So then he goes into adult prison. Or he got mental health issues. Oh, this, this puts you in a white-padded cell and go, are you ready yet? Take these tablets. Yeah. Are, are you feeling better? You know, instead of, instead of being connected on land, in culture, in yeah. community um being around people that can support them just going through the battle they are so we are in a disconnected world we're in a disconnected culture we're in everything that we've set up in this paradigm and this system is so disconnected i was reviewing the mental health commission last year and said, i said like unless we change from the top unless you guys change from the top down we're in a disconnected world and everything that we're doing is backwards and it's serving systems and it's serving money and pharmaceutical companies and jail systems they're making money out of being people in jail so we're in a very disconnected society um the more that we can help to try to show kids ways of connection with themselves and each other, it's it's important. But um yeah, this is um yeah, we are in a very disconnected society. So.
0: And for Aboriginal people, uh culture is healing, music is healing. Um in our culture specifically, we exp- as I said before, we express ourselves through art, whether that's dancing or painting or, or talking or storytelling. Um you obviously see a lot of young people that are going through their own traumas. What type of healing does music and dance provide to them?
2: Oh, wow. You know, for example, like just me being an MC, went back to become an educator, just become an English teacher, sucked at English, now run a non-profit just because I was an MC. I see kids happen over and over again, help them find their passion. I see them five years later and they're like audio producers or, um they're following career pathways and event or whatever it is that they're into They're film producers or whatever it is um it happens over and over again because basically when we're given our passion or we find our passion and we're taught how to utilize our passion not be scared of it not be in the place of fear of it we are capable of anything um so a lot of us are still trying to find our passion like 95 percent of us say what's your passion and 95 people will go i don't know my passion and it's, it's constantly moving and shifting but when we can surely start to harness in, on what our passion is, and create pathways around our passion. And like, okay, you know, you want to become, you want to become an MC. Okay, you do that. You know, you, you got to start to learn how to audio produce. So you go from there. Okay, you want to do film clips? Learn how to pick up a camera. Do that. And then you want to do this. Okay, you got to go into the course. Do this course. Do this course. So build a ladder to success. But it all starts somewhere. So as soon as we find our passion, and we're not lost aimlessly traveling or being told what we should do, a um, whole world changes and i've just seen it which was so beautiful about these workshops i've seen it happen over and over and over and over again when kids find their passion, and then all of a sudden they're over in sweden performing or they're, they're traveling the world and they're um um they're gravitating because music and dance you know not just even from the, the self-expression that it brings from ourselves to as as creators in this in this physical universe where we create when we are in places of creation we're in a place of happiness nearly always because we're 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 out projecting ourselves um, and then when we find that passion and we can doesn't matter you want to monetize off it to stay alive or whatever it is you want to do if you want to create a career pathway or you want to um you want to um just do it for hobbies or fun you know it will bring a sense of self-worth or bring a sense of identity uh, a sense of you which um which a lot of people like we're, we're all struggling to understand our identity and what we love and that finding our passion is a big part of that
1: can you elaborate on what you just said there? I'm I'm 28 years old, and I feel like I'm I feel like I'm entering a different phase of my life, and I feel like that'll I'll probably always be entering a different phase, like every four or five years. What What does that mean? Sort of finding your identity, or kind of like you know who who you want to be, or if even if you're proud of who you are, who do I want to become?
2: So just finding your passion. So it, it could be simple as picking up a guitar not being scared to play that guitar and going like, I really want to do that, to be able to, not say I have dreams, to be able to follow lateral success, to be able to learn in that guitar, just for a simple micro equation of that, right? It could be like from making a song, I want to be a hip-hop artist, but where's my first step? But as soon as you start to follow your follow your passion in that, if it's singing or songwriting or playing music or dancing, and you take the steps to do that, you'll find a sense of community, a sense of culture, and you'll, start, you'll find a part of your own identity. So for an MC, for rapping, I like, I've i changed my life and my identity. I've learned so much about myself because, because I'm constantly searching inside myself to find out what's my story, what's my conversation. And then from that, taking that on to teaching uh, hip-hop, again, has shifted my identity. It's given me focus. It's given me passion to be able to work on. So when I say that, it's just like we are capable of anything, figure out what it is that we love, and when we figure out what it is that we love, create a ladder of success around what we love. And when we do that, we follow it into our passion and we create an awesome life for ourselves. So that makes sense? Yeah. But it's like figuring out what it is our love and how do we create steps into doing that that it is that we love and hence being our passion.
0: Do you plan on uh, visiting Melbourne anytime soon? I mean when the borders are open, but is that something that you have in mind?
2: Yeah, I'll come down and visit you.
0: Honestly, we'd love to have you at one of our youth camps. We think you okay, would be a great I, asset.
2: Yeah, I, I'm in.
0: Yeah, cool. We have a lot of yeah. talented kids who love music, art, dance, everything. So it'd be cool to get you in and film a video. Or
2: yeah, um, What do you do in April
0: 2021?
2: Well, if de- um, I'll come down to Melbourne if you want.
0: We'd actually love that, yeah. But we'll, yeah, we'll get yeah. in contact with you another way, but that'd be sick.
1: Mark, oh. if, I, if if I can just take it back to what you were just sort of saying um, a minute ago about just kind of following your passion and and, and finding finding your identity, um, yeah. that's 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 not easy to do, right? When you're 15, 16 years old, and you've got all these negative peer influences, and you know the easiest option is to you know turn to drugs or alcohol or dropping out of school or um, you know getting out of the community sports that you might be involved in, and you know working with young people is I try to tell them I try to tell them sometimes like life. Like life is hard. It doesn't seem to get easier as you get older. If you want to stay on the, if you want to sort of stay on the quote unquote straight and narrow and doing the right thing, and you know, you know, trying to make your parents or your family or your friends proud, it's it's like putting in effort every day. What do you, what like what what do you what would you say to a young person who the thought of doing that and overcoming some of the, the adversities that might be going through seems so overwhelming that it's like I may as well just stay on this stay on this I'd same be, path.
2: I'd be screw what they think. Do what you want to do. Do it, you know. You're saying like family, and this is the problem. Everybody's following what everybody else is telling them what to do. You know, it's like, what do you want to do? And you've got to actually mind map sometimes with kids and go, what is it that that you love? And and this is this is the roadmap of our pure potentiality. We can create anything. We are we are creators. We're masters of our creators. But so see it, perceive it. If you want to go down that shop, you thought about it. I'm hungry? I'm going to go down that shop. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that burger. I'm going to come back. You've created that outlet. You just actually, just do that just right now without even realizing it, the manifestation. So we can think past that shop into creating anything that we actually want to in this in this in this world, in this universe, in a physical means of actually possible. So it's just teaching them to be able to be go, what is it that you want? And here's that's what hip hop's so actually cool because you don't even need kids find the passion, they start rapping up like, blah 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 blah. And they're like, oh shit's mad. Mm. They're like, you know, so they're like so like oh and they gauge to it. They have a connection to it. So everyone can tell anybody to do anything, but until they until they find that connection with themselves and something they love, that that interest, that spark, and and they actually believe and they're actually given the confidence and the space to realize that they can actually do that because we're so told this whole time in life that we can't do that or we can't get there, we can't achieve that. And actually that's a societal condition on keeping us trapped and serving the system, you know, without actually realizing that we can create anything. So for me what's so really great about hip-hop, I see that spark in kids. Sometimes it's like boom, 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 and I see it, I'm like, you're away Mm -hmm. because what you've just done you've just found something that you love you've become the creator you've become the you've become you've just you've just gone broken all your fears and just wrapped in front of people and you've gone over this massive hurdle and you see that spark just hit so that's why music and dance and all that sort of stuff and hip-hop and these these things can be so powerful as a medium as a vessel you know, so each kid's going to be hard, you know, but it's just like really pointing them into into what it is to love and really helping them to realize that they can do that. And that's going to change as well, but there's no such thing as failure because if I'm trying to be a hip-hop artist and I want to be number one over here, I might not get there. That's okay, but I'm on that journey. But I might switch off and start doing hip-hop workshops or I might start performing or get into acting or do anything like that because when we're on that path. You know, there's no such... It's just everything that we're leading ourselves into something that's, that's passionate about ourselves creates all this other beauty, all this other epicness that sort of comes on that journey. So too many times we're told, oh, you know, oh, we failed or we think we're failures when we don't get there. We've got to dismiss that thought pattern and saying, there's no such thing as failure. There's only like when you're trying and trying to be in the resonance of yourself, what you love, the universe just opens up for you. Mm-hmm. It does. You're working with yourself and not what other people are telling you what to do. So it's not like your parents don't do or your mates don't do. It's like this is what I want. I'm gonna own this shit. I'm gonna go for it. But um yeah, it's it's helping people to find that what that is for themselves as well. So
1: yeah, it's like how far can you sort of plan ahead? It's all it's all good to kind of be like, I want to be here in two years, four years, six years. But like you said, like your interests, your passions, your change, you might start off in music and then be like, I want to go in, into production, and or now I want to put on events, or you know, just but just sort of taking that first step by following something that you enjoy, and doing what you want to do can just branch off into so many other other areas. I mean yeah, exactly. would, what, what would you have, when you were when you were 18 19 get into you know sort of this 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 life that you've pretty much you know created now working with working all across the world with indigenous you know back countries from you know literally every continent on the globe even to you know our own our own Melbourne country in Australia but you probably would never have thought you were going to be here when you were 18 19 years old doing this doing what you're doing
2: <laughs> oh man you a know me when i was 18 <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is cool that's just which uh, is great yeah.
2: oh man it's, it's, it's actually insane but i always had a thing i was like i'm getting off the streets as soon as a chance that i had it i knew that um and i knew i knew that i had the i, I knew i could create change you know i knew I, I knew i could do it and then the whole thing with me was just everything that i've done is actually started to what i'm talking about I started to really understand this is the governance of this, these, these laws in the universe are actually real, you know, that the power of potential that we have in ourselves. But I started to really realize that and, and now know it. So it helps me um, it Helps me create anything to not be scared of the fear because unfortunately this world too, you know, we're put in places of fear constantly for ourselves. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything yeah. You're doing, you know, when – when we're in fear, I'm not saying that COVID doesn't exist, but the paradigm of um, when we're in fear, we're easily controlled. Um, so to realise, you know, and it's only interesting to to walk away from our fear in all in all things, in all aspects. It's only interesting back in communities, back in the days, you'd be ostracised from communities if you brought fear into the community. So They'd be like, you know, go deal with yeah. your fear and yeah. come back, you know. And then, um, so fear is yeah is massive. Just to learn how to overcome that constantly and to step for the next thing and step for that next that next thing, the next mm-hmm. initiation. Um, so, uh, but yeah, definitely I was from 18 to now, I've got to learn. Um, yeah, well, I'm a very different dude, but I always had like the aspect of drive to know that I never wanted to go back to the streets and go back to Anala and um, I didn't want to um, have that life. So it always pushed me uh, as well to um, be better, to um, explore more myself.
1: There's such a massive fear of failure. I feel like today. and I think what you just said too, that you know, back in the day or however long ago that if you brought fear into a community, you'd sort of be like, Hey, leave that bad energy out of here. Now it's like, you know, even, even just on the COVID thing, if I, you know, like I was speaking to my Nana and stuff of just a couple of weeks ago about, you know, you know, we had the 5k rule and everything. And, She's all, you know, what about this? What about that? Oh, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not really breaking any rules. And, you know, I said, oh, but what, if, what if you see the police? I'm like, well, if I see the police, you know, like I'll have an interaction with them. I will explain to them I'm not breaking the rules, you know, which I – and it's, you know, but there's just this constant, like, fear, like, instilling sort of –
2: they've, they've always done it and they do it for different ways. It's either fear for terrorism. It's either fear from boat people. It's either fear from, you know, like, you know, all these propaganda – you know, so – why one hand's getting waved over here, another hand's always getting waved over here. You know what I mean? So, um, as I said, COVID is here, but when we're in states of fear, we're easily controlled as a global species, as a country, as a state—Melbourne, Victoria. So it's like, so, so, and it's also, and this has been used for empires for thousands of years. So if we want to take a look at history and repeat itself, it's happening again now. Yep. But um. 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis last year. It didn't seem to be the same fear propagated The it. It wasn't so controlled. Um, it's you know I don't really want to get into the aspects of COVID because there's so, many, yeah. Yeah. there's so many things and I don't want to put off any viewers. It? So this is what I'm talking about is the aspect of fear. Yeah. To rise ourselves from being in fear to actually, because fear is the opposite to love. Love has been able to give your brother or your sister a hug and to be able to dance, So we can't see in the two-and-puzz and we'll be, to, to be able to be connected to be able to be out and to be out and be in forest, to be able to appreciate the tree and say, it's beautiful and that stuff. When we're in fear, we're operating in a, in a control mechanism, is easily controlled. So we have to always check ourselves. Where's our fear coming from? Why is the propagated fear being so strong held over us? Um, when we need to, if we step off the TVs and turn it off of the TVs and think, how are we feeling? That's coming back to that place, you know? So, um, so yeah, so that. um, it's just, um, it's an interesting time, 2020, and um, yeah, and I think um, we have to find the light inside of ourselves, and we have to find to dismiss the fear. And so, so as at all times, I was just bringing the COVID as a relation back yeah. to this. Yeah
0: so when reading about one vision productions i was reading that you guys were awarded federal funding under the indigenous advancement strategy um which has allowed you guys to do eight week music for change workshops programs in regional and remote high schools can you speak a bit about your music for change project
2: yeah so we um we go in we work with the kids um the kids will probably just identify fifteen or twenty of the kids that are most are um, basically better, be beneficial to the program. So then we go in, we bring in elders like the. Remember um, the second day, so we try to revitalise language or whatever the kids are wanting to do. Like I said before, like if it's culture or it's language or whatever it is, or it's um, they might not even want to spread. They might not even want to find all that. They might be after something else. So whatever we the part in the group we always bring in elders to bring it because up here in the north and same as Melbourne like you know it's a really loss of culture up here kids are kids are striving for culture they want to hear the stories from the elders they want to hear the yarns they want to hear um, what's, um, what's what's happened and put in a place where they can learn about it and so it's good you know like just to be able to to be able to bring that to bring that back and you able to utilise culture utilise arts utilise music and dance and that 8 week process is a myriad of all of that and then a circle environment. So now the seller's also learning the self mastery process of just just the my, my mastery process. Um, so, yeah, it's a mixture of all these things. We work in eight weeks. The kids write the song. We um, record it. We do dancing. We record part of that into the dance. Um, we do, um, at the end, we do the last two days to do filming in the community, um, we, depending on what they've sung about. Um, yeah, and it's, and then they go out sometimes, it goes out. On um, social media channels, sometimes NITV, um, and it is you know, it's not the process, but the outcome also is awesome too. Because they're like proud, they're like, yeah, they get rip the, their message across Australia, but it's more the process as well. You know, it's just the, what they learn on that journey, um, which is quite powerful, I believe. And it's, um, yeah. The growing nah.
1: along the journey, I'm um, I'm assuming that probably a lot of the young people get empowered and get some responsibility that they might not have had ever had before. Get to make some creative decisions, and um, and and um, I know w- with uh, with with my experiences in working with youth, and um, when you sort of. Give, when you empower them and give them responsibility that they might not have had before or that they might not feel ready for, sometimes the way that they can respond and flourish under those circumstances is, is really, um, you know, instead of sort of, you know, follow me, follow me, you take the reins, you do what you thinks best, best. You, you tell that to like a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old that might feel like they've just been controlled their whole life. They can really, um, you, know, that might, you know, you can really see some positive impacts by it.
2: 100%, brother. Over and over and over again. Um, that's why I keep doing it. I've been mean, doing it for a long time now, but it's no, it's good. Just over and over again. And it's just yeah, and you see it. You see it, man. Something like he's done even ever wanted to write and to become an M C and then yeah. they can't the pan away from him in classrooms and um you know, so it's just um it's finding that connection to it, eh? You know, like okay, well I've been taught Shakespeare and I don't know. Speaking no language, you got no idea about. It, right and then, it's like, oh, hang on, hip hop, what's well, death? You know, whatever it is, you know, it's like, okay, now I've got a connection to it. Now I want to learn. You know, so, um, yeah, man, yeah, it's yeah, powerful for sure.
0: Um, yeah. Well, thanks, Mark, for joining us on Mob Talk today. It's been sick to be able to talk to you, um, really, on a ground level about a load of things. I've learned a lot from you today. I'm sure Chris has too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I'd would like to go a bit deeper into some of these conversations, but I think uh, I think we'll uh, we'll keep some of the stuff so like you know where, where where it's at. But no, I'm certainly very intrigued by some of your thoughts, especially around um, kind of kind of just uh, figuring out who you are and being at peace with yourself. And um, yeah, no, it's been really very enlightening, Mark. Appreciate
2: it. No worries, guys. And um, yeah, I was, I see. And I hope I didn't get too deep. Um, it's good too sometimes um, yeah yeah and it's like you know to question to question everything, just to, be able to yeah to be able to talk about things that are a bit abstractful because um, so I appreciate opening the space for that and just what you guys are doing and love to come down in April let's this let's, let's, let's work that out
0: oh we've booked you in already you there <laughs> All
2: right, cool. <laughs> now we look forward to seeing
0: you thanks everyone for joining us on mob talk this week hope you've learned a bit and stay healthy stay happy Thank <laughs> you.